It's a call for the battlefield from the Bible. But I have changed this to call for the mission field to win the lost. Amen. So it's a very, very power packed message. If you have your Bibles, then turn to the book of Judges, fourth chapter. We're going to study something from chapter four and chapter five. Book of Judges, chapter four and five. I want to title today's message as the song of Deborah. The song of Deborah that ignites the passion to win the lost. Are you ready? Uh, there is a lot to read here, but I suggest you all go home and read the fourth and the fifth chapter. The fourth chapter declares about how the Israelites were oppressed by their enemies and went for the battle and how God gave them victory. And the fifth chapter has the poem of Deborah, the song of Deborah. You know, the period of judges had lot of ups and downs and there were lot of invaders who kept coming in again and again and taking them into captivity and oppressing the Israelites. But God in his great mercy time and time again raised somebody, a leader to bring the people together and to fight against the enemy and deliver the Israelites from the hands of the enemy. And they had rest for some time. But again, the Bible says they forgot God and went away from God. They forsook God. And then God delivered them into the hands of some other king who oppressed them for a long time. And again, the Israelites cried out to God. And God heard their cry, raised up another leader and used him to bring deliverance to the Israelites. So this is all that goes on and on in the entire book of Judges. You see so many ups and downs with the people of God. So many invaders coming and captivating God's people and God raising up leaders to deliver his people. And in the fourth chapter we read that since Israelites forsook God, God handed them over to a king called Jabin. And the Bible says King Jabin oppressed the Israelites mightily for 20 long years. Can you imagine being under oppression Paying tax, staying in your own country and, you know, being taxed by the enemies. And the Bible says they were oppressed mightily, mightily oppressed for 20 years. Can you imagine being under oppression for 20 long years? And King Jabin had a very powerful captain in his army. The captain of host of his army was called Sisera. All the Israelites trembled when they heard the name of Sisera. And the Bible says nobody could fight against Jabin and Sisera because they had 900 chariots of iron. 900 chariots of iron. They stayed beside river Kishon which flowed in a valley. And the strategy that Sisera used was to get the army which attacks them to the bank of the river. Because that was his area and all his chariots of iron would run very swiftly on the bank of the river. It was smooth, plain. And nobody could fight against these chariots of iron. Even Judah and Simeon, we heard last time, they captured the mountain. But they didn't go to fight in the valley because the people in the valley, the Bible says, you know, that Judah and Simeon said, had chariots of iron. So with 900 chariots of iron, with Captain Sisera, Jabin oppressed, tortured the Israelites 
for 20 long years. It was a mighty operation. And he was a Canaanite. Jabin was a Canaanite. It was the Canaanites whom God had told had to be driven away from Israel. But since Israelites failed to drive them out, now they were oppressing them. What you fail to drive out of your life will one day become a snare to you and to your children. That spirit of fear that keeps coming, that spirit of confusion that keeps coming, every faithlessness, all kinds of confusion that you fail to drive out from your life will one day come back. So you got to stand on the word of God, get filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Amen. Well, don't be afraid of what is going on in your life with those weaknesses. But be bold and strong because you have the power to drive them out. Lift your hands and say, I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. And the Bible says when these people were going through such oppression for 20 long years, God raised up a woman, a prophetess. Who judged Israel during that time? Who was the leader? Do you believe that God sometimes raises women also? Yes. Catherine Kuhlman said, I don't know who failed God. Probably the men failed God. That's why God raised me up. God raised up Deborah, a prophetess, a housewife, a leader to bring deliverance to the Israelites. Amen. Sisters, do you believe God can raise you up? Yes. God can raise you up. You may be an ordinary housewife. You may be an ordinary woman. But the spirit of the Lord will come upon you. And God will raise you up as a leader to glorify him. Amen. To deliver the people. And what did Deborah do? Deborah went in the power of the Holy Spirit. She went to this man who was from the tribe of Naphtali. A very small tribe. She went to a very ordinary man. His name was Barak. Barak. Right. And she said, she told him up. Right? We sang stand up, stand up. She said, come on. Hasn't God chosen you to deliver the people? Gather 10,000 people and it's time to go and fight against Sisera. God is going to bring Sisera to the river Kishon. And he will deliver Sisera into your hands. God has chosen you. Come on, you will do it. And here is this man. He doesn't know what to say. Right? Because a lady is telling him, come on, God has chosen you. You got to do this. He's an ordinary man. But looks like he was a bit wise. So he said, if you come with me, I will go. <laughs> because he knew the spirit of the Lord may not be upon me, but it's upon the prophetess. <laughs> if God will protect her, then if I'm next to her, God will protect me also. I like what David kept telling his people. When his people ran here and there, he said, come on, stay with me. Because with me is safety. You hang around right people with the right people of God, you will be safe. You hang around with the right anointed people of God, you will also get the same blessing. That grace which is upon God's genuine people gets extended. You know, the blanket is spread over everyone who becomes their partner, who becomes their team. And the Bible says, God always took care of David and his people. Amen. You know, Madhu and me, we always pray, God, the grace that you have put on our lives, Lord, extend that, that grace on all our partners. Extend that grace, Lord, on all the rays of love fellowship, Lord. Amen. Spiritually, you have mommy and papa to pray for you. Amen. 
We may not be that old in age. Maybe we may be younger to some of you, right? But you have mommy and papa praying for you. So Barak says, well, I will go for the battle. But if you come with me, then Deborah again in the spirit, you know, she says, well, because you said this, so we will go. The journey will be tough. We will go into that valley and we will fight. But you will not get the honor. A woman will get the honor. <laughs> because he depended upon a woman, right? <laughs> he said a woman will get the honor in this battle. I like the heart of Barak. He says, no problem. <laughs> as long as who gets the credit. One thing I always am careful look of. That God gets the glory. Amen. I don't care who gets the credit in our church. I don't care whose name they talk much, whose name they don't talk, whether they use my name or not. But as long as Jesus Christ is glorified. Barak said, no problem. A woman gets the credit, honor, no problem. But we got to get deliverance. Amen. As long as people get deliverance, no problem. Who gets the credit? Is that right? Maybe in the church there are people who do a lot of work here. Come and put the chairs, come and set the sound system. But nobody recognizes you Sunday after Sunday. They only say, well, the singing team sings so well. Pastor preaches so well. Nobody recognizes you. But as long as Sunday, every Sunday, people are saved. People are healed. People are delivered. God is glorified. You have your share of reward. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. So they go for the battle. And you know what Deborah does? When Barak gets ready to go for the battle, she sends an information to all the tribes of Israel. She says, come on, it's time to help your brethren in the battle. It's time to join hands to fight against the enemy. So she calls all the tribes of Israel, 12 tribes. She calls all the tribes. She says, come and help. Come and join hands together. Come and join forces together because we are fighting against the Canaanite, a mighty king who has oppressed us for 20 years. He has 900 chariots of iron. So we need help. Please come. And the sad part is out of 12 tribes, six tribes don't come. And six tribes come. You follow it? 50, 50. Six tribes don't show up, don't come, and six tribes come. Anyhow, Barak and Deborah, they go for the battle. And there's a mighty war, mighty battle takes place. And God, in a miraculous way, gives the victory. How they get victory, I will come as I wind up the message. Okay? They get tremendous victory. And after they get the victory, when they come back, they all rejoice and sing and praise God. And in that song of praise... Deborah poetically reproves and rebukes all the six tribes who didn't come. And she honors the six tribes who came. It's a, one of the most beautiful patriotic poem in the Bible. And it has such a call for mission field. So we are going to study about that from the poem about the tribes who didn't come and why they didn't come. And the tribes which came. And gave their lives for the cause of people's deliverance. And as we go through this message, you'll find that today also people give the same reasons why they don't come to the church. Why they don't come for fasting and prayer. Why they don't come for evangelism. Why they don't have passion for souls. Passions for the lost. It's the same Bible, same word, same people, same problem, same reason. 
all these years. Are you ready to hear about these tribes of Israel? So now when we study about these things, I want you to keep this in your mind that today the call is not for the battlefield, but it's for joining hands to win the lost. Is that right? It is joining hands to glorify God. It's joining hands to build the kingdom of God. And you will know from these tribes by the excuses they made, how people even now make excuses to join hands to build his kingdom. Amen. Turn with me to Judges chapter 5. You know, this entire chapter is the song of Deborah. It's a big poem, isn't it? <laughs> but we will read from the 14th verse. When we study the names of the tribes, you can mark in your Bible. Chapter 5. Awake, awake, Deborah, awake. Utter a song. Arise, Barak, and lead thy captivity captive, thou son of Abin Oam. Then he made him that remaineth have dominion over the nobles among the people. The Lord made me have dominion over the mighty. Okay? Now see from the 14th verse. And in your Bibles, keep underlining the tribes as we mention these tribes. Right? Out of Ephraim was there a root of them against Amalekites. Okay, against Amalek. Underline Ephraim. Ephraim came, right? After thee, okay? Benjamin among thy people. Underline Benjamin. Out of Makir came down governors. You know, Makir means the tribe of Manasseh. Okay, underline Manasseh. Makir. Out of Zebulun, they that handle the pen of the writer. Zebulun, hand, write down. Now, there are four tribes who showed up. 15th verse. Out of the prince of Iskar, where with Deborah, right? Isk, underline Iskar. Even, Isk, even Issachar and also Barak. And he was sent on foot into the valley. Now, how many tribes did you underline? Five, isn't it? Okay. Go to the 18th verse. Zebulun and Naphtali, you find the tribe of Naphtali here. Where a people that jeopardized, that jeoparded their lives unto the death in the high places of the field. Okay? Underline Naphtali. You see six tribes? Is it done? What is, which is the first one? Come on, everybody. Those are writing notes, write down quickly. Ephraim, next. Benjamin, third. Manasseh, fourth. Zebulun, fifth. Issachar, and sixth. Naphtali. Okay? These six tribes showed up. We will study about the six tribes a little later. But let's go first with the tribe who didn't show up and why they didn't show up. Okay? From the mid of the 15th verse. For the divisions of Reuben, there were great thoughts of heart. Why abordest thou among the sheepfolds to hear the bleatings of the flock? For the divisions of Reuben, there were great searching of thoughts of heart. Gilead abode beyond Jordan. Underline Reuben, underline Gilead. And why did Dan remain in ship? Underline Dan. Asher continued on the seashore and aboard in the breaches. Underline Asher. How many tribes do you see here? Reuben, Gilead, Dan, and Asher. Four. Is that clear? Everybody say this after me. Reuben, Gilead. Now Gilead is God. G-A-D. Gilead. Then Dan and Asher. Asher. Some people say Asher. Right? So these are the four tribes about whom it is written. And about another two tribes, nothing is mentioned. That is Judah and Simeon. Write down Judah and Simeon. 
just little notes and then straight away we will take off is this getting interesting you feel like learning who is the first one who didn't show up Reuben right Reuben didn't show up he was the eldest isn't it he didn't show up what was the reason Reuben didn't come for the battle why didn't Reuben join hands there are three reasons why Reuben failed to join hands the first reason is the Bible says for the divisions of Reuben two times it is written in the 15th and the 16th verse for the division of Reuben if you go home and read Genesis 49 the fourth verse the Bible says when Jacob blessed Reuben he said you will be unstable like water you will not excel you'll be unstable Reuben was unstable they always divided among themselves they always divided among themselves the first reason one of the reasons why Reuben didn't show up for the battle is they had division among their own selves they were fighting among their own selves divided among their own self look up here I'm going to tell you something very interesting it's a revelation Reuben they had their own groups they were divided among themselves they're fighting among themselves how many people here in this world right when it comes to soul winning when it comes to win the lost when you look back you see so much of groupism denominations we are fighting among ourselves this church that church this denomination that denomination and we are not joining hands to win the lost it's so difficult for churches to come together for Christians to come together in spite of any denomination coming together to win the lost can't we who have the same cause right to win the lost souls join hands and become one at least for this one purpose at least for this one purpose can we join hands right you are a different church we are different church you are different maybe you have some different doctrine we have some different doctrine you have some different doctrine but what is your goal your goal is to win souls your goal is to glorify God our goal is to win souls and glorify God your goal is to win souls and glorify God at least for these two reasons to glorify God and to win souls can't we come together can we join our hands but you know divided among our own self listen to this very carefully in this entire universe there are only two creations two creatures who don't bring glory to God the entire universe glorifies God but only two creations don't glorify God that is fallen angels which we call demons and second is people we don't glorify God listen to this very carefully all sin at its root is failing to give God glory all sin at its root is failing to give God glory you lost something else more than God I just want to ask every one of you before you do something just question yourself and ask what I'm doing does it glorify God why churches are divided why people leave the church why there is fighting and quarreling why criticism why gossip the root of all these things is there is no desire to glorify God what I'm doing or what I have done did it bring glory to God did it glorify God just check that one thing you are free to talk anything you're free to mock at anybody you can criticize anybody you do what you want because you're the master of your life but just check this one thing is it bringing glory to God does it glorify God if it doesn't bring glory to God don't do it brother sister don't do it it's not worth it I see so many people build their own kingdoms the root of it is something of the self there's no desire to glorify God 
I have preached in so many places in the past years, preached to thousands of people. There were times when people said, brother, there's a problem in this church. You solve this problem, you'll get 5,000 partners, brother. People will cast this pastor out. People will leave this denomination. I just looked and said, this doesn't glorify God. I'm not here to build my ministry. I'm not here to build my kingdom. I'm here to see that God is glorified. Just check that one thing. What this brother did, did it glorify God? What this sister did, did it glorify God? What I am doing, will it glorify God? If it doesn't glorify God, don't do it. Now coming to the revelation I told you I will share with you. Go to Hebrews 11:32. Look here. Deborah says, Barak, you come. God has raised you up through you. God is going to give deliverance. And what does Barak says? If you come, <laughs> then I'm going to go. And then what does Deborah reply? Well, I will come, but the honor will go to a woman, right? A woman will get the honor. It's written here. And she said, I will surely go with thee, notwithstanding the journey that thou takest shall not be for thy honor, for the Lord shall sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. You got it? She said, the journey that I will take with you will not be for your honor, because God is going to sell the captain of host of Jabin's army okay, into the hand of a woman. She told him before itself, you will not get honor, it will not be for your honor. Imagine if that was done in these days, what will a leader say? Oh, what? I will not get the credit. I have to go with you in that battlefield. We have to go down the mountain. You want me to risk my life, lose everything, and I will not get honor? Forget it. What benefit I am getting? If I am not getting honor, forget it. That would be our attitude. We'll form another group and go because then they will recognize me as a leader. I will not get honor. Then no. Listen. He said, well, no problem. I will not get honor. A woman gets honor. No problem. She gets honor. He said, well, if anybody gets the honor, no problem. As long as the will of God is accomplished. Amen. Then let us see what the Bible says in Hebrews 11.32. Oh, this is fantastic. Now, everybody read this verse together, all together. The Hebrew writer is saying, And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, and of Barak, and of Samson, and of Jephthah, and of David, and Samuel, and of the prophets. You see? Listen. God saw the heart of Barak. Barak didn't go for honor. Okay? He said, no problem, anybody takes the honor, I will not take the honor, it's okay, the will of God is done, people are delivered, praise the Lord, God is glorified, God saw that heart, and God said, well, Barak, in the right time, I will honor you. 3,000 years later, God honored him by bringing his name in the Hebrews letter. 3,000 years later. The writer says, what should I tell you about? How many people shall I tell you? Here is the list of faith. Gideon, the second one is Barak. Hero of faith, where he had faith? He was trusting in a woman. Right? He says, if you go, I will go. But he was a man of faith because he didn't care for immediate honor. He cared for the will of God. He cared to glorify God. He cared to set people free. The division comes, problem comes because people see immediate honor. Pride goes before the fall. Barak didn't receive immediate honor. You know what was the result? 3,000 years later, his name comes with David, with Samuel. Can you imagine? <laughs> My brothers and sisters, 
I feel like looking into your eyes and saying, don't go for immediate honor. Possession got early will not last long. Don't go for short-term honor, right? Oh, immediate honor, short-sightedness. You just say immediate future. You'll get honor and you'll forget. In the list of heroes of faith, there is no name of the woman who killed Sisera. Immediate honor brings division. Greed for immediate honor. No, we want immediate honor. Lay down your life. Let anybody take the honor. One day in the future, God will honor you. When God will honor you, that is permanent. Amen. Can you imagine his name coming into the New Testament? In the list of heroes of faith, in those lists you find Job's name, Abraham's name, Isaac's name, Jacob's name, David's name, Samuel's name. In between you see Barak. Why? He didn't look to immediate honor. 3,000 years later, God still remembered. Amen. I want to tell you, people may recognize you or not in the church. People may recognize your calling or not. They may recognize your gifting or not. Just serve the Lord for his glory. Set the captives free. Just do the will of God. One day, God will recognize you and that will be for eternity. Amen. Don't go for false glory. Don't go for short-term honor. Amen. Right? And the Bible says about Reuben, there were great searchings of heart. One of the reasons Reuben didn't come is there was division among themselves. They themselves are not in unity. The second reason is these people of the tribe of Reuben, Reubenites were great thinkers. Only planning, planning, committee, this meeting, that meeting, board meeting, annual body meeting, annual body, general body meeting. Only talking, no action. And they give very fine speeches. Yes, we have all gathered here. Oh, I, by the way, you are smiling. It looks like you, you are recognizing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, we know this kind of people. Okay? They only talk, they only talk, only talk. The moment Deborah sent the message to them saying, Come, join hands with us. We are in trouble. Let's fight together. Then immediately they said, Let's call a meeting. And they sent word to everybody saying, Emergency meeting. And all the people came. And then they sat and read the minutes of the previous meeting. And then they said, come on, we are going to discuss now. What is Deborah doing? Who does she think she is? Has a woman ever led a battle? All that we know is she led Adam into sin. <laughs> is it scriptural? Will God bless the men who are led by a woman into a battlefield? Their major discussion and problem was Deborah is a woman. I have been in the ministry for a long time. I started very early. I've gone to so many places in the early days. Now it's not much. But in the early days, people would ask me, Brother, what do you say about women in the ministry? Can women preach the gospel? Brother, what do you say about women being a pastor? Brother, what do you say about women giving an altar call? What I tell such people, if you are drowning, if you are drowning and you go down once, then second time, and then third time you come up, that is final. And you're about to drown once for all. Will it make any sense to you if a woman or man throws a lifeline? No, it is a woman throwing the lifeline. I will not take it. What relevant it is, whether it is a man or woman who throws the lifeline to a drowning man. Come on, church. These big thinkers are wasting their time only discussing and discussing. And they are not found in the front line of the battlefield. These big thinkers, you see them sitting in the big wall of denominations, right? Big 
tent of denomination big surroundings of having good denominational setting and they only talk and talk you will never see them winning souls winning the lost how can deborah lead the battle come on record all these things so somebody would give a second and they would record the minutes and they would waste hours only planning and planning and planning well find out does deborah have the military pattern does she have the military drum how is she going to lead they are still discussing and discussing and discussing the battle is over barak and deborah have got the victory and the news comes saying they have the victory then these people will say yeah we had already we knew that <laughs> we knew that some people you know when you tell them something yes yes i saw this the vision i knew that <laughs> we knew it does it make sense to you only talking talking and no action rubenites were like that big meeting and those meetings have to be followed by lunch yeah they have lunch then they break with tea and biscuits let's go to the third reason why ruben ruben didn't come the third reason why abordest thou 16th verse among the sheepfold to hear the bleatings of the flock the third reason is rubenites they wanted to just relax and hear the bleating of the sheep the music of the shepherd just sit back and relax you know there are people who are fighting in the battle we only talk we only plan we have committee meetings and all these things we fight among ourselves who should have the honor who should have the glory only this goes on and then sit back and listen to some music bleating of the sheep just all the sheep will be making sound right they have the problem with their congregation <laughs> keep solving the problem and no vision for the lost friends the devil will make you so busy with your members pastor didn't come for my child's birthday so they are upset there are people going to eternal fire and madam is concerned because pastor didn't come for the child's birthday there are 300 children in the congregation do you mean every every day pastor will go to somebody's house they keep finding fault with the pastor they keep finding fault with one another this member is like this that person is like this the bleating of the sheep is more loud than the call of god to win the souls in many people's ears the sound of all that is happening around is more loud that they can't hear the sound of god the call of god the voice of god to win the lost from reuben let's go to another tribe gilead god gilead this is very interesting 17th verse gilead abode beyond jordan nothing is written right only one thing gilead abode beyond jordan the messenger came to gilead and said come Deborah the prophetess the judge is calling you we want you to send your forces we are in trouble it is battle time come and the bible says gilead abode beyond jordan no response no show tum kuch bhi karo fasting karo prayer karo worship karo one day meeting karo jo karna hai karo we are happy in our house sunday we will come we'll give our tithe or we'll give our offering that's it other than that don't ask us anything that's gilead abode beyond jordan that's all. nothing sunday christians or christmas christians or feast christians celebration christians that's all and other than that there is no information also whether you are coming you are not coming what we should do nothing gilead abode beyond jordan full stop tell all my relatives i tell my family people any time you are invited anywhere if you can't go call them and tell them sorry we can't come 
If you are late, call them and tell them we are late. You know, the secular world teaches you this. And we are spiritual people. We are God's people. We are not bothered about the house of God. We are blessed in the house of God. But when the call comes to win the souls, let's do something for the Lord. No show. No news whether I'm coming, I'm not coming. This is my problem. This is my situation. I have a friend of mine who say, brother, we have good discipline in our church. What is that? We see first Sunday, if people don't come one Sunday, they don't come. We'll try to find out why they didn't come. Next Sunday, if they don't come, we'll again try to see why they didn't come. Third Sunday, if they don't come, we will not ask them anything. Fourth Sunday, if they don't come, and in four Sundays, if they don't respond anything, they don't call and tell the office we are not coming. From fifth Sunday onwards, we will treat them not as members, but as visitors. You do that in your house. When you are young, what did your mommy papa say? Hey, six o'clock, you must be back in the house. One day you don't show up, anytime you come, anytime you go, there is time to go out of the house, there is time to come in to the house. It shows how much you love God because the love you have for the house of God is directly proportionate to the love that you have for God. How you behave with God's house is how you behave with God. Amen. Therefore, David says, I have set my affection on the house of God. I love God's house. I'm here to help. I'm here to solve problems. I'm here to give information. Yes, today I'm not coming. I'm in this situation. Please pray for me. How will we know that what you are going through? Gilead, no show. They abode beyond Jordan. You know, you will see this in every denomination, in every church. There are people who are so indifferent. Indifferent towards the house of God. They just come Sunday, sit there and go back. That's all. Clap your hands. Praise the Lord. Let's go to the next. After Gilead, who is the next one? Dan. Why did Dan remain in ships? Come on, everybody. Shout and say, Dan. Yes. What was he doing? Dan was remaining in the ships. You know, Dan was a very good businessman. All this tribe of Dan were business people. Because the ships would go to all countries, all shores, and they'd bring the goods to Joppa. Joppa was one of their harbors. And the ship would turn into a shop, commercial street. Some days the ship will go to bring, and other times the ship will turn into shop. So it is called ship shop okay directly purchasing from the importer oh importers market direct purchase from the importer and so dan was so busy counting the money the tinkling of the till was so loud that he could not hear the voice of god he could not hear the call of god he could not hear the voice of the perishing souls are you listening so busy in business Making money, making money. No time to work for God. I have seen the end of the people whose priorities were wrong. When their priority was money, money making, I have seen their saddest end. I have also seen some preachers, some pastors who started very well and then lost their vision and went after money had saddest end. Something drastically went wrong in the end. I told you the full form of busy. What is being busy? B-U-S-Y. Being under Satan's yoke. All the time busy, busy, busy. Why? Making money, money, money. Even the city at present time is going for money, money, money. Their timings are changed. No proper sleep. Everything is different. If money, if making money stops you from winning souls, 
I'm telling you, you will have a tragic end. What is your priority? Is it money making or winning the lost? So many people have made a shipwreck of themselves, the Bible says, because they went after money. Because I can imagine something. Why did Dan remain in the ship? Just imagine after the battle is over, after a few years, Dan has got old, little old, and here comes the woman of God, anointed by the power of the Holy Spirit, Deborah. And one fine day, she climbs into the ship. And the moment Dan lifts up his eyes, right, all wrinkles on his face, you know, he's counting money with his fingers. And the moment he looks to the shining, anointed face of Deborah, his fingers start fumbling. He feels so nervous. And Deborah looks into his eyes and says, Why did Dan remain on ship? And then she says, You failed to see the glory of God. Reuben, you failed to see the glory of God. God, you failed to see the glory of God. Dan, you failed to see the glory of God. Why did you remain on ship? And Dan has no answer. Listen, my brothers and sisters, one day we all will be asked the same question from the throne of God. Why did you remain on that ship? Why did you remain there? When I called you to save souls, why did you remain there? Every one of us has got to answer. Let's go to the next tribe, Asher, the tribe of Asher. Continued on the seashore and aboard in his breeches. Asher, what were they doing? Come on, read everybody. They continued on the seashore. Bay life. You got it? Bay life. All the time on the beach. Holiday. We are on a vacation. Souls are perishing. Oh no, we worked hard. We are on a vacation. Tell Deborah we are praying for her. Tell Deborah we are praying for her. You want to know more spiritual people, more super spiritual people? Tell Deborah, right, we will be with her in the spirit. Wow. You know, I still remember many years back, I was called to drive out a devil from a person. So there was a pastor sitting by the side long back, little away. I said, Pastor, why don't you come? He just looked at me. He was so scared to come with me to drive the devil. But he didn't know what to answer because all were there, you know. So I said, Brother Manohar, you go, I will come in the spirit. He was just sitting 20 feet away from me, <laughs> from the place of action. <laughs> just 20 feet away. Brother, you just go cast out devil, I'll come in the spirit. Wow, don't believe these people who say, I am there in the spirit with you. You know, Paul had so much concern for the people, for the churches, that he said, though I am absent from you, but my spirit is with you, watching everything, how you are living for the Lord. So people have used that, you know, to give an excuse saying, I can't come, but I'll be there in spirit. Oh, really? <laughs> With spirit, brother, sitting beside the shore, I know on the beach, which spirit you are having. Party spirit, bottle spirit. Is that right? <laughs> you are in a different spirit, different mood. All the time party mood, all the time holiday mood, all the time enjoying mood. I'm not saying we should not take holiday, we should not take a break. But entire life is a breakdown. It's all broken, broken, broken into pieces. All the time, vacation. The call is for souls. Vacation. God knows how many times, even when we went, 
Most of the time we have gone for meetings. Maybe hardly one or two times. A little away we went for holiday. But there also we evangelized. We preached. We got souls saved. We went to Alaska. Now you people think, well, pastor enjoys. He has gone to Alaska. Yeah, 25 years I prayed to go to Alaska. Now you know. <laughs> okay. 25 years, Lord, I want to go to Alaska. I want to read Bible in the land of the midnight sun. That was my desire. And you know, we went to Alaska. We were there for four and a half days. And in that two days, we preached. I was telling Madhu, nobody knows us here. Right? We have come to such a place. Nobody knows us. We'll have real holiday. We had two days of preaching. We prayed for so many people. We wept for them. We cried for them. We said, God, we don't know when we'll come to this place. I wept. Madhu wept. We prayed and we prayed and we wept for people. Amen. You are a soul winner. Never you are on holiday. No retirement for soul winners. Amen. But on the other hand, entire life is a holiday. Amen. Soul winning itself is joy. And they were saying, they abode in his breaches and abode in his breaches. They would say, no, no, no. Our ports have to be defended. We can't come for the battle because our ports have to be defended. They were in the breaches defending themselves. Lot of people, they spend time defending themselves, defending themselves, defending their doctrine, defending their church, defending their denomination, while souls are going into eternal fire. I want to tell you, your defense is God. You don't have to defend yourself. Amen. God is your defense. God will take up for you. You don't have to prove something. Clap your hands and praise the Lord. Oh, blessed be the name of Jesus. First, Reuben. You know why Reuben didn't come, isn't it? Second one, Gilead. No show. Third, Dan. Busy with money making, right? Business. Have you come across anybody who said we are busy with our business? Yeah. Fourth, Asher. He was on holiday, vacation. Two more tribes. About them it is not mentioned. Judah and Simeon. You know in this entire list, these two tribes, it's not mentioned. I was thinking why? Because they had finished the battle. If you take it positively, maybe they had finished their battle. If you find out any reason, maybe they're so spiritual that Judah is busy praising God. Simeon is busy hearing God. And souls are perished. Brother, worship brother. Worship, singing, singing, singing. Judah means... Praise. So brother, praise. Praising is important, brother. Music is important. Singing. Oh, I'm a worshiper, brother. Worship, worship, worship. People in front of you are marching and going to lake of fire and you are worshiping. Right? Okay. This side. I want to tell you, it's not worship. It is the gospel that is the power of God unto salvation. Hallelujah. Don't sing people to hell. Sing people and preach the gospel and take them to heaven. Amen. We are singing them to hell. I know about evangelists, a firebrand for Jesus. He was preaching and there were one lakh crowd. And at that time, they called a big worship leader to lead in worship. Very well-known worship leader. And in India, when you have big crusade, that's the time everyone wants to show up on the stage when the crowd comes. Is that right? I don't know one thing I have learned from my experience, you know. You give anybody the mic, they'll get the anointing. Who don't speak also, the moment they get the mic, they want to talk. Correct? Have you come across that? I will, one day we called somebody, come give your testimony. Not in this church, another church. Not you people. We call somebody, brother, come and give your testimony. This brother comes. He says, first I will sing one song. Okay, then, then he'll sing one song. 
and then he gave his testimony by the time he came to the testimony it was 10 minutes i was sitting there so much fire in me <laughs> anointing <laughs> i was saying what is this waste of time can't you come and in two lines give your testimony anyhow people they get the mic they don't want to give the mic they're not bothered about time they're not bothered about what's happening okay so they call this worship leader and it is one lakh crowd all the people have come to hear the message the word of god this man of god is sitting there he's ready to preach he has fasted up he has prayed up he is ready up okay he's fully ready and this worship leader comes he'll say in on the pata okay in one more song again one more song song is going on 7:15 the message has to start song is going on 7:15 7:20 7:30 this preacher gave the money to arrange the meeting and he is sitting there and our singer is going on singing finally that man of god got up he says brother it is time to preach the word you can continue singing after the meeting is over brother this is message time this is preaching the word time this is altar call time amen if we can set this pattern in all our meetings in public meetings at the end preacher gets the time by the time all zeal is gone freshness is gone people are already looking at the watch to go home is that right another meeting the same preacher went to another crusade one lakh crowd and they called a prayer warrior and he began to pray he's praying and praying 7:15 7:20 7:30 he's praying this man of god got up and he says brother finish your prayer we have to preach and that man didn't listen so this preacher said well as brother continues his prayer let's get into the word of god it's time that we discipline is that right i know people who love worship i'm not against worship even i love worship but worship has its place when it comes to winning the lost amen in heaven we'll always worship god praise the lord so worship has its place there's time to worship but there is also time to win the lost don't just go on and on and on worshiping but get into the battlefield save some souls brother come on save some souls sister amen on the other hand simeon no mention about simeon busy hearing god i know so many people what you are doing i want to hear god years and years are gone they're just spending time in closet hearing god hearing god hearing god why do you want to hear god when god has said going to all the world and preach the gospel i know there are seasons when the holy spirit leads you to hear god you followed two months one month or 15 days you set yourself aside to hear god hear god but there are a lot of people who hear god at the same time they are in the field i know a man of god seven months he set aside every day four hours in the evening to hear god and daytime he would go and preach the gospel many people say brother i want god to speak to me i want god to direct me answer me when do you steer a vehicle when do you steer the car when it is parked or when it is moving yes when it is moving you steer the vehicle my brothers and sisters keep doing the work of god god will direct your path amen clap your hands and praise the lord this is not to underestimate the power of worship or the power of hearing god everything has its right place well we will close in few minutes let's go to the tribes which came okay i'm not going to preach on this just one one line we'll read and we will close soon did you learn something this morning was it an interesting message was it a eye opener yes let's go to the tribes that came 14th verse out of ephraim was there a root of them against amalekite after thee the first tribe it's written ephraim came 
I'm just going to tell you two, two lines about the six tribes and then we will close. Ephraim was a very big tribe. Are you following? Second, Ephraim was a wealthy tribe. Third, Ephraim stayed much far from the place of action. So you can't give an excuse saying, brother, I stay away, brother. I stay very far. Really? <laughs> Ephraim stayed very far from the place of action. They were wealthy tribe. They were big tribe. But they came. They heard the call of God for the battle. Look at this. Let's go to the next tribe. Next tribe is Benjamin. Benjamin was a small tribe. But they came along. They sent their forces. Ephraim sent their people. Deborah was from Ephraim. As a matter of fact, eminent warriors were from Ephraim. Joshua was from Ephraim. Next, Benjamin came. And then out of Makir came down governors. Now who is Makir? Is Manasseh. From Manasseh came down governors. Can you imagine? Governors came for battle. VIPs, statesmen were from Manasseh tribe. They said, well, we are statesmen, we are governors, we are big people, no problem. God has called us, we will go to win the lost. You see, all their position, they kept aside. Governors came. Next, Zebulun. This is very, very wonderful. Zebulun, they had handled the pen of the writers. Now, the tribe of Zebulun was known to be the tribe of secretarial practice. There were a lot of them were scribes, a lot of them were into clerical jobs. So what did they do? They left their pen. Imagine clerks and secretaries left their pen and picked up the sword. Somebody shout, praise the Lord. They left the pen and picked up the sword. Can you imagine? See, the call of God was felt so urgent on their life that they said, we will go. We'll leave our pen and we will go. My friends, I want to tell you, you may be involved in a particular kind of work, but for some season, if God calls you to win the lost, you be ready. You be ready even for some time to lay aside your occupation and profession and say, yes, I'm going to win the lost. If you ask me, I want to tell you at least weekly once, set aside little time to win the lost. Amen. Say weekly once. This is my time. I'm going to set aside everything. I'm going to win souls. I'm going to tell them about Jesus. I'm going to bring them to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Which is the next tribe? Issachar, 15th verse. The princes of Issachar. This tribe had princes. Princes came down. Advisors and counselors were from this tribe. If you go home and read 1 Chronicles 12.32, just write down 1 Chronicles 12.32. The people of this tribe had understanding of times. They had understanding of times. They were very special people. And they came and they gave their shoulder and supported Deborah and Barak. Are you listening? Imagine governors, advisors, counselors, people in sec secretarial practice. All these people, princes, they came and they joined Deborah and Barak. And the Bible says they all went down into the valley. They walked down. Isn't it wonderful? And now the last two tribes, they're the smallest tribes, Zebulun and Naphtali. And the Bible says they jeoparded their lives unto the death in the high places of the field. The maximum crowd that came was from the tribe of Zebulun and Naphtali. Barak was from Naphtali. The 10,000 that came were from Zebulun and Naphtali. They were ordinary people who risked their life. They said it is worth to die a death of honor 
then stay in lifetime of bondage. And they geoparted means they didn't care about reproach. They said whether we die or we live, we are going to fight. And always you must remember, Sisera fought for money. Jabin fought for money. They would get the spoil. But these people, they didn't fight for money. They fought for the Lord. They fought for liberty, for freedom. Amen. Oh, blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of Jesus. As we are closing this message. Now here are these 10,000 people. They come to Mount Tabor. And the battle is supposed to be on the mountain. But Sisera doesn't show up. Because he wants the army to come to the riverbank. Are you listening? And these people, when they see that the captain has not come to fight. Imagine, they go down. Oh, hallelujah. When God is with us, who can be against us? They say, come on, we will go into the enemy's camp. I like what is written about David. The Bible says when David saw Goliath, when he was ready to fight, the Bible says David ran to Goliath. Can you imagine? I'm telling you, if you have the Holy Ghost, you will not run from the enemy. You will run into the enemy, into the enemy's camp and take what he has taken from you. Because the devil is under our feet. Hallelujah. So these people, they started going down into the valley. And you know, we people don't read our Bible so well. You know what happened? When the battle was about to begin, storm came in river Kishon. You followed? And water level rose so high that it overflowed and floods came and they drowned the army of Sisera. God fought their battle. We only know about the Red Sea divided and the chariots destroyed. But this is another scene. We hardly understand. We don't read our Bible. Judges 5th chapter. God fought for them. And that's the time the chariots of iron, the horses were running. And the Bible says all the horses' hoofs were broken because the river overflowed. Imagine these people, Naphtali and Zebulon, going against the chariots of iron. And all those people were destroyed. God gave them great victory. God fought for them. God brought storm against the enemy. In 1588, Spanish came against England. And England were so weak that time, they were so discouraged. But all of a sudden, a big storm came and the Spanish dispersed. It happened in 1588 and England was safe. It happened in the time of Barak and Deborah. The river Kishon overflowed and flooded and the enemies were destroyed. God fought the battle and God gave them victory and they saw the glory of God. Clap your hands and praise the Lord. Oh, blessed be the name of Jesus. Read this verse, 23rd. Curse ye Miroz. You know, Miroz was a small town near the action place and help was expected from this town they said at least you join us help was expected from this town because they were right there where the action was but miraz this town never responded never came to help in saving god's people so what happened said the angel of god so the angel of god says curse ye bitterly the inhabitants thereof because they came not to the help of the Lord, to the help of the Lord against the mighty. Curse that town, said the angel of God, because that people didn't come to help the Lord. Does God need our help? Yes. In winning the lost, God needs our help. Or he can send angels and save people. 
but he needs the blood washed people to do it it is god and human effort together that will bring this nation to jesus amen hallelujah god's and humans combined effort will bring this nation to jesus christ and those who don't help the cause of god god said curse them bitterly because they didn't help and you know history says after that you will never find the name of miros anywhere in the bible it's wiped out cursed cursed bitterly you will never read about the town miros people afterwards went to see and they didn't see miros anywhere it did not exist god removed it from the map you followed i want to tell brothers and sisters as we are closing forget about others forget about what people do but what about you and me we are very close to the place of action here is where god is moving in our lives god is moving in our families we know the truth every sunday god is speaking to us every sunday we are experiencing the anointing of god are you going to help the work of god in winning the lost will you win souls will you work for jesus lift up your eyes and see in this nation how many missionaries gave their life for the gospel graham stains along with his children was burnt to death the children were small they were burnt alive so many missionaries died so many missionaries even now there are many people beaten for the sake of the gospel no wonder the statement is the blood of the martyrs has been the seed of the church lot of people were raised up many people were killed many people died many people gave their life for the gospel a great man of god said god buries his workers but the work of god goes on god raised up people they did mighty works for god they died god buries his workers but his work continues so many ministries lost their heroes of faith even this nation so many mighty people were raised up and they died they gave their life for the gospel whether we live or whether we will die let us win souls amen there is only one life it will soon be passed church i don't want you to get into all kinds of discussion and arguments and debate just live for one thing to win the lost because finally we are all going to go to the same place there we can't fight saying this church that church my no 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 but how many souls will be taken i always tell my children i said have the vision for souls souls and glorify god glorify god win the lost glorify god win the lost that's it you may not become a big preacher you may not become a great pastor you may not become a great worship leader but you can become a great soul winner for jesus christ we are going to give an altar call in our church and this call is for the mission field to lay down your life to win the lost i'm not calling you to say come join hands with me to build our church join hands with me to build my ministry no join hands to win the souls to win the lost take out some time every week to evangelize to pray to travail in prayer and keep on sharing the gospel with somebody and see that you disciple people one man of god was taken to heaven and in the spirit and the lord appeared the lord spoke to him and jesus looked very sad for two reasons he said in the world my people don't believe my word they don't believe my word and second thing he said they have become cold and they are very slow in making disciples my people have become very slow in making disciples today we want great meetings we want big churches we want miracles we want mighty things to happen but our hearts are not for souls are you listening we have vision for a big church we have vision for crusade we have vision for the gifts of the spirit 
I cried before God. I said, Lord, many times I desired miracles. Many times I desired that thousands will come to hear the gospel. Many times I desired good meetings, good crusades. But God, I desire souls. Oh Lord, what is the use of having big meetings? What is the use of having big churches? What is the use of having? Thank God we need all these things. But we want souls to be saved. That is priority number one. And let's set right our priority. Let's set right our vision for the lost. We have fallen from our call. We went astray. The key note in the book of Judges is during the time of Judges for those 300 years, everyone did what was right in his own eyes. The entire book of Judges says this. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Today also, look at the Christians, look at the churches. Everyone is doing what is right in their eyes. But nobody is doing what God wants. Nobody is doing anything for the cause of souls. If you have any other desire other than souls, today set right your priorities. God, I want a big church. God, I want a big house. God, I want all these comforts. I want this luxury. Yes, it is there. God will give it to you. He makes all things beautiful in his time. Just go after the things of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added unto you. Put your heart where God's heart is. Go for souls. Prosperity will be at your doorstep. Miracles will follow in your meetings. Healings will come. Dead will be raised up if you go after souls, after saving the lost. Young boys and girls, this city is going in wrong direction. You know that, isn't it? There is so much of social evil. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of this earth. Amen. And today if you can hear his voice, his voice says the same thing. Follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. He didn't say I will teach you. But he said I will make you. Levi, Matthew got up and followed him. Peter, James and John left their nets. Left their father and followed Jesus. Today also it's the same voice speaking to you. Saying follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I will make you soul winners. I will make you. Not I will train you but I will make you. I want to open up this altar today and only those people will come forward who will say Lord make me a soul winner oh God thank you for the anointing that you have put in our church thank you for the lovely worship we have thank you for the presence of God that we enjoy every Sunday thank you for the wonderful messages but God make me a soul winner everyone has to give their account don't stand empty hand before God one day God from his throne will ask you why was Dan in the ship? Why were you in the ship? It's a ship of self-interest. It's a ship of self-love. We'll open up these altars. Whatever happened in the past is over. Today the blood of Jesus is here to cleanse you. Only those people will come saying, God, make me a soul winner. Make me fishers of men. And your life's goal will be to save the lost. So that you may not receive honor here, brother, sister, People may not recognize you here, but in eternity, you will receive the crown of life, the crown of glory. And that honor is forever. I sense the anointing. Amen. Young boys and girls, dedicate your life for the gospel. Live for the gospel and die for the gospel. Die an honorable death. Don't work for the things that perish. Work for the things that give eternal life.